Hello and welcome to the Pro Detail Magazine podcast. We are back and we have another celebrity guest, although I, I cringe slightly when I say celebrity guest, because, uh, well... I, I cringe when you say another. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've kept it in, in-house, in the family, but fear not, it's not just uh, myself and Ian talking to each other about inane stuff. We've but got- I, I do have to cut in, I'm afraid, because who do I make the complaint to about running out of tea? Uh, well, that's not... My job after what happened in 1996. Wait, wait, I'll turn down his mic, hang on. Yeah, I was about to say we needed to do that one. Um, as you may have guessed, recognised, uh, if you can still you know, hear anything, uh, Rich March is in the house. Well, we're technically in Rich March's house in a, in a weird I don't way. actually live here. No. Well, it's the only How place I How do you explain the smell you. then? I live further away than you do. It's true. It's yes. true. Well, you depends live in Wales. That depends where you're starting from, really. Very true. <laughs> depends which way round you go to get here. Um, yes, so welcome. Yeah, that's my that's my. I line. know, but I was here first. Okay, well, yeah, that's good. So, in, so in answer to your question, technically, your house, your tea, it's, it's your own fault. Damn. Yep. There we go. Crushing logic gets us through. Anyhow, um, so we thought we'd just sort of acknowledge that it seems a bit nepotistic. Apparently, that's we, not a word. That's I, definitely you just definitely just made that up. I put I put on my sheet here. Don't say necrophiliac. And that's you, and his, you did, yeah. So. Can, can you just add on to that or do? <laughs> I think it's pronounced hors d'oeuvre. Hors d'oeuvre, yeah. Well, uh, we have all known each other for a terribly long time. I mean, not like forever terribly, and ever. Terrible, 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 terrible mostly hard. terrible, but also very long. That happens to be long. I mean, well, not lifelong. I mean, Rich, because you're much older than me, for example. You're what forty, and yet you appear to be vastly older than me. Th- it's very true. I, to be fair, I had head start. I was born at forty. Um, but we first met each other at an airport, I think, uh, in 2013, I think. Can you remember far that, that back? 12, 13. 12, 13, somewhere like that. Something like that. We, we, met, we definitely met once, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, say, yeah. you say at an airport. Well. Uh, not a real airport. An aerodrome. Yeah. Cotswold Airport doesn't really count. It can has, can has had, have been. Yeah. Had, yes. the, had the red arrows at like for a couple of months. Well, one of them's still there. I think it broke down. Yeah. <laughs> Most of BA still there. Um, uh, and, and, and you and Ian met shortly after that, I believe. Um, I wish you'd stop using the word shortly. It makes yeah, me I'm, feel very I'm uncomfortable. A, I met shortly a couple of, uh, couple of weeks after. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that I am actually much bigger in real life. It just stands far, further away. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it depends how close you get. Um, so we thought today that we would talk about a topic we've been wanting to talk to, and I think we've touched on now and then in the past, uh, which is training, uh, which makes sense because, obviously, Rich, you uh, co-run the UK Detailing Academy uh, here in Ewan in Gloucestershire, and I've just seen a Porsche Taycan Gran Turismo come in. Lovely. Um, but uh, anyway, more to the point. Uh, so what gave you the idea to start a detailing company? A capital. A cap. Do you want to take a run up? I'm trying to cut out the caffeine and it's really bollocksing me up. It's those rented teeth. Let's start again, Chess. (laughs) (laughs) And there's me thinking you're serious. So, um, a little known fact, um, because I very rarely speak to anybody. Um, I have a training background since the age of 18. A lot like Nike Air Max and stuff. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I identified a gap, effectively. Are you going to follow with as a... (laughs) (laughs) I'm very secure with my choice of pronouns, thank you very much. I thought we were talking about the foot above your head. Well, that as well. Um, 
No, I've divorced her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> charity laughs are always the best. Um, Better than Cuban heels. So uh, there was a, a very obvious gap in the industry, in the market, full stop, for a structured, syllabus-based training provider. There was an awful lot of come and have a go days, an awful lot of, oh, yeah, come over to my place and I'll show you how I do it sort of things. But nothing that got me, I don't want to use the word excited, but nothing that really appeared particularly formal or structured in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ian being, uh, should we say, the creative member of our party. I'm a very creative member. Particularly creative <laughs> member. He has a very creative member. Um, do a helicopter. Watch. <laughs> We're going to have to put a warning sign on this one. Let's it's start really... again. Hang on. <laughs> For the benefit um, of the tape, Ian is blushing. For the benefit of the... Well, I won't tell you what else, Ian. Colin, it's summertime now. Have you noticed outside the sun's out? <laughs> Was that an intersector or is that just a change of topic? I think he's trying to put us off it's a tangent. Oh, well, he's, he's not going to manage it. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, your identification of the lack of structured training mm. available to people, I've got a story that I've been... I've, I was trying to work out whether I'd said this before. You were desperately podcast. trying to bring it in when we had a brief chat beforehand. Yeah, it, I was. I was. I and can, I can, you're chomping at the bit to get this story off your chest. I haven't had a bit in for... For three days, um, mm. but um, let's rein it back. Um, the uh, I, I had a phone call, uh, which is is is, is rare, and it was an HMRC, and um, it was a careers the advisor again in a <laughs> in a um, the RSPCA probably uh, from careers a, advisor in the RSPCA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite quite a limited <laughs> outlook on the careers. Mark. Let's start yeah, again. Let's cool. start again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bridget. Uh, no, well, school careers advisor, and they've got this star kid who had done really well at GC. CSEs and had just done really well at A-levels and this was a sort of little rural you know school in the hill sort of thing and there was a genuine opportunity for Oxbridge so going to Oxford or Cambridge University was a big deal for the for the school everybody was you know very proud and they wheeled this kid in front of the headmaster and careers advisor and said what are you going to be you know a doctor a lawyer an astronaut he said I, I, actually no I'm not going to do it a Welsh accent because I can't actually do a Welsh accent um, so you were just about to do a Gloucestershire accent I, I was going to go big Gloucestershire yeah. and then bit west further uh, or you wouldn't be like Cardi so and um, anyways. that was offensive to so many people. I can <laughs> I only apologise <laughs> yes. for what just happened. Um, so he wanted to be a car detailer, and this uh, upset greatly the the school who were already kind of rolling out the red carpet for their star student. And they called me and basically said, what is this car detailing thing? Uh, it's going terribly. Can you please explain? And I explained, you know, that actually it is a legitimate career and it is skills and all the rest of it. Uh, and they were semi-relieved. They were still hedging for, you know, lawyer. But uh, it was interesting. There was complete lack of um, understanding of it, which kind of alludes to the whole education system. I know they do do hands-on training and stuff like that and apprenticeships and stuff, but that's all for being a sparky or a chippy or something like that. There's not much available. Um, apart from a module when you're becoming a mechanical engineer on on valeting, but it's like a tiny little module. And from what I've seen in the syllabus, it's pretty, pretty thin and outdated. Um, So yeah, this is the whole point is that if you want to be a detailer and that's your career, there is nowhere easy for you to say, right, I'm going to start it there. Well, there is now. The the only thing is there has been stuff in the past Mm -hmm. that's vaguely relevant. Uh, City and Guilds had Mm. something a long time ago, uh, which I think was car balloting. Yeah, level one, very basic. Very very basic stuff, but there was at least a City and Guilds thing in place. And for some reason, for whatever reason, that's that 
became unavailable. Mm. Well, it came outdated. I've got the printout from that. I've, I've, I managed to, through uh, uh, somebody, I can't remember where I got it from, but uh, and printed the whole thing out, and it is... It, it's not just very basic. It's it's outdated. Mm-hmm. It's old school. It's like first of all, tie your horse up to a fence, and then get your machine mm. polisher out. But it, the, the thing is, having again, having been through the, that that whole syllabus and, and and looked at a lot of the content, it the bulk of it, to be fair, was health and safety. Mm-hmm. It was how not to spray wheel acid in your face and cause temporary or permanent blindness. Yeah, and that takes that takes some skills, after. Hey, Mick, I could borrow that pen. Okay. <laughs> make, make a note. <laughs> no, we're not giving away the answers. No, no. So, uh, and this is this is the thing, is that without that kind of structured and easy-to-go place, there's this kind of... I, I, do we call it an opportunity? Sounds a bit too commercial. I think it, we call it a need, a requirement that, that could be filled, a gap to be... Frankly, it, it's, it's, something, it's, it's a necessity, from, from my perspective, um, I mean, with the best will in the world, if I'd actually set out to be a millionaire, I'd be in an entirely different business. Mm. Um, this is more our want, I suppose, to improve the industry as a whole. And it sounds, it's, a, it's one of those phrases that gets rolled out by absolutely everybody. And they're all saying, oh, no, it's all for the good of the industry. It's all for um, greater, greater but, than thou. Yeah. But genuinely... Um, I, I, I truly think that that, that it is, um, and I truly think that it's necessary because if you look at some of um, the HSC reports from from visits to a, a variety of industries, if, say, they do a, um, a visit to a, a particular site, if there's a, a valeting or detailing company on that site or in that area some of the reports that come from it and a lot of the recommendations are made are quite frankly really basic stuff mm. um and the thing is, is, it's not about just teaching detailing skills it's about every single other part of every single other aspect of running a right. business mm. that you're suddenly thrown into when you become self-employed for the first time you go oh i didn't know that well that's it i mean, <laughs> I mean well, that doesn't stand up in court i'm not well. supposed to put that in there <laughs> oh. we we recently did the first um group based so people can all come along bring effectively the benefit of their own experiences and bits and pieces like that but but specifically talking about this kind of health and safety cloud that hangs over us to a certain extent um, and it was incredibly gratifying that it was you know, if anybody else had booked on that course they would have had to have brought their own chair we had a completely full house it was a good day really good day and what people almost see as being a potentially dull and boring topic we had fun was that just the mouth to mouth pretty much yeah yeah um but no you know it was it was genuinely good quality really interesting stuff but it's all things that people don't understand they are the boss the buck stops with them. So effectively, yeah, it, it, it re- the responsibility rests on their shoulders. And that's regardless of whether you're out in a van, you know, spraying acid wheel cleaner and it accidentally goes on somebody else or whether you're employing somebody else and they're falling over a wet floor because you haven't made them aware of it. It's and one of those things. I don't want to keep banging on about health and safety, but I genuinely think there's a complete 
lack of understanding because again it's yeah. not hard well and also ignorance isn't an excuse if you are the boss of the company you know with great power comes great responsibility and all yeah, that absolutely and, and right if somebody gets and injured, don't feed it after midnight well quite i mean if somebody gets injured you're you're either going to be liable you know mm. and there's all sorts of prison opportunities or you're gonna to have to dig the grave i mean what one of those options it's not a good place to be um this that doesn't just go for professional side of it though anymore because the other, the other thing you've got to think of is um, with the that sort of grey crossover between uh, consumer and professional, the prosumer sort of um, wanting to have all of the professional chemicals, the stuff that pros mm. use, they're available for anyone to buy. Mm. But manufacturers make those with the assumption that end users are going to have a, a, a little bit of nous about how to use things safely, how to properly use ratios, how... Mm-hmm. And the PPE to use, and that's kind of left a little bit gap from the manufacturer's end that they're not providing the uh, sort of the the, the labelling and the knowledge and everything that is actually needed to use those safely. Yeah, and and quite a lot of the health and safety stuff. I mean, people the thing is on the back of a label, people don't read it. Whereas part of the I know part of the course here, having sat in on various ones, is look here's the SDS, here's the documentation that's going to tell you what you need to do with this chemical, what to be aware of, and stuff like that. And it's that kind of proactivity that, and I I, I appreciate what you're saying in terms of the enthusiasts need to be aware of it too. But crikey, the number of professionals who, when they're doing, for example, the PVD exam, where we've got the HSE questions, they really they don't have a clue. And it is terrifying. Um, so it's 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 something to be aware of. But also, I mean, just putting it back slightly in terms of the more kind of career-centered training, mm-hmm. um, one of the big things is demand is increasing. The industry is growing. It's obviously with the various economic trends and stuff like that, it's been quite a bumpy four years um, with, with COVID and then with the, the, the kind of uh, economic uh, quarrels we've had, uh, and so there have been some depressions and some rises and stuff. But generally speaking, the industry is, is is growing. People are entering the industry, and to be able to provide somewhere where people can come and get that solid foundation for their own good as well as for the good of their businesses and all the rest of it and the cars they're working on, it's it's kind of as you say, fulfilling a need. It's it's an evolution. It's not just um, individuals coming into the industry now. It's uh, coming from the dealership side, from manufacturer side. They're all seeing the the value in having people. Mm knowledgeable and skillful in 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 detailing and they're looking for cor- the correct style of training I yeah think. yeah absolutely they're looking for a more formal approach to it as much as anything else yeah um you know, we, we, we have in the past and every so often we'll do like an Enthusiasts 101 day where people can come along, learn how to wash their own cars, bits and pieces like that. And that's all very exciting and frankly good fun because mm. we get to play with stuff. But it doesn't tell you everything you need to know. It's a difference between a how to detail a car course mm-hmm. and actually understanding everything that surrounds that job from a legal perspective, from a desirability perspective, from marketing, from so many different things. Problem um, solving. Mm. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, the, the big thing that we've always banged on about is that we need people to understand not only the what to do and how to do it, but also the why they're doing it. Because mm. if you don't know why you're doing something and why something works, when it doesn't work, because there will always come a time when it doesn't, when it doesn't work, you don't know which one of those variables you might need to change or adjust to get it right and to get 
the get the result that you want on that car in that circumstance on that day and and that is actually something that's it's a really interesting point uh, if we focus on say paint correction you quite often get people bung up a photo on the social medias of a car and say right what pads polish and compound and all the rest of it do i need and I normally jump on there and say, well, you tell me you're standing in front of it. it well, exactly that. And, <laughs> and, and I've seen it and I've been asked in the past, you know, what's the difference between a, a kind of a, somebody who's been detailing for a year and somebody who's been detailing for five years if they already know, have, have the kind of the basic knowledge. And I'm like, well, an experienced detail will be able to look at a car, maybe even without doing some testing on there, be able to come up with some some combination that is sort of maybe 80% there. And then they'll be able to very quickly, having do, doing some test panels and all the rest of it or test parts, uh, be able to establish what they need to change and how to change it in what direction, so to speak, to come up with a, a working solution. Whereas with somebody who's not that experienced, who doesn't understand the fundamentals of what they're rubbing against a car and how they're doing it and all the rest of it, will quite often panic and then think they'll change, they'll make kind of two big changes. Like a professional race driver is, you know, makes little tiny adjustments, is very smooth and all the rest of it. Whereas um, enthusiasts are kind of jabbing at the wheel and, and making big radical changes it, it doesn't matter and we've seen this with uh, when they're picking their different kind of combinations and stuff to do they they just assume that what they're using isn't working properly because of it's broken or it's wrong as opposed to for example arm speed and pressure and temperature and stuff and there are plenty of compounds that for example we know uh, that need working and need breaking down before they're effective and there are people for example using it on a DA and they don't get the heat and the pressure in there so it doesn't break down so it doesn't leave them the results they want and this is just it is, is having that kind of understanding and wisdom to be able to be efficient in your detailing and I think efficiency is really important efficiency is a big drive if you're not efficient you're wasting money mm-hmm or wasting time, or wasting materials and resources. There's no two way about it. There is wastage within efficiency. Um, we've spent, again, an awful lot of time um, putting together our training material, how we go about teaching things, what we're doing, what's the content, what is, for example, the most efficient way on a generalised basis to get from, right, dirty car to clean car, ready for polishing, for example. Mm. And we've seen this as well with with enthusiasts, particularly enthusiasts who become professional. The old route was very much enthusiast, grey area, in you know weekend warrior, and then into professional. Now we've got people coming from a dead start. But those from an enthusiast point of view, they've got all weekend to do their own car, and it's about being fun. Uh, which is very different from doing it professionally, where you need to get this car as clean as possible, as quickly as possible, as safely as possible, not necessarily in that order. And so when we see enthusiasts coming through and their methodologies, they're perfectly capable of making a very shiny car, but not in a commercially viable way necessarily. Absolutely. No, there, there's, there's this big triangle that I draw on the top of the board for every single professional course that we do, um, which basically boils things down into effectiveness, efficiency, and then, of course, overruling everything is going to be safety. And that should form the backbone of every single decision you need to make as you go around that car. Mm. And it needs to be informed because, again, um, you'll see some people and you see them on the groups where they say, oh, you can't possibly do that. It's not safe for the vehicle. Well, if the vehicle in question is a works van that's coming in as part of a contract, you would take a different approach than if it was a 1934 Delage that was destined for Salon Privé and, and understanding Obscure what you work reference. on. It, it is. It's just <laughs> very specific. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head, but it did. And um, so 
also horses for courses and knowing what approach is going to work. If a car isn't perfect from a you know swell point of view, it's a daily driver, it's a it's a lease car. There is not necessarily the same point in treating it the same way that you would uh, a priceless classic that's already been detailed. Uh, ditto if a car's been coated, you'd take a different approach than if a car's not coated. Um, and it's all this sort of in-depth information that you do. You need to learn, but you also need to experience. And I think that's a, one thing I really like about the courses is that you can't say, right, I want to be super intensive. I want to do everything over two weeks and then come out with a massive great certificate for it, like on A3 with gold. But you and can't stuff. remember everything over that basis. Yeah. If you bear in mind that most people have been here, and, and, and if we're talking specifically about the professional courses, specifically than that, um, specifically, uh, More specifically, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Okay. Um, than that, the career development levels courses, there is very much, it is very much the case that, that, that people haven't been in a classroom environment for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we need to go through a lot of theory, we need to lay the foundations, we need to make sure that people understand what they're using, why they're using it, how they should use it in certain circumstances, etc. The only way to do that is by talking through it, discussing it, going through presentations in a classroom environment to then go and put that into practice. And there's a equally people learn in different ways. So you've got the kind of the audio, the visual and the kinesthetic, i.e. doing it. Um, and um, I think there are a lot of people, certainly myself, I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I could be told until I'm blue in the face, and it's not until I've actually had some hands-on time doing it. And you, you can't do that, you know, even in a, in a training day, even if half is in the classroom and half is out in the feet, is kind of practical hands-on stuff, really going out and, and practicing more and more and more and then coming back for a kind of a top-up and just kind of hints and tips and to build on that foundation is much better than just trying to squeeze it all into really intensive times and coming out, you know, and it is literally at the end of the week, you just come out as a knackered blur and you can barely remember a thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And there's been so much information thrown at you that it's dripping out of your ear holes and you don't actually retain a lot of it. Um, again, our career development stuff is not just come and do your course, well done, that'll do. It's right, come and do your in-house training. Right, now go away with our support, ask us questions. Here is your book that covers all of the topics that we've been through during the days that you were with us. Now go off, practice it, ask us questions, let us help you, give us feedback, tell us the problems you're encountering so that we can give you some guidance. Then do some coursework. Yeah, case studies that you give Case yeah. studies and finally... A theoretical exam paper online, so I'm going to come back, but theory exam that then confirms they've understood and taken in what they've learned before they can then move on to the next. Level. Yeah. I like that. There's that kind of gatekeeper element to it. And, and equally with that uh, theory, so they come in and if they're doing the kind of the next stage of the course, and if they don't pass the test, or even if they do, it, it gives you, I guess, uh, a pointer as to what bits they remembered more than others. So you can top up that kind of knowledge. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, there, is in th th there is this kind of pass mark, as it were, but that's more so that we can give some guidance to the learner to say, right, I'd recommend that you pick up on these certain topics learn these certain things ask us questions about these we can help and support you if you want to come back and do more training with us on mm -hmm. those bits great but actually here's all the information you can go and do that learning yourself for example mm -hmm. and then come back it gives us 
guidance to allow the learners to get more out of their time and experience here. Yeah, absolutely. And also one thing not I wanted to kind of point towards, which is it's funny, but I know it sounds daft, but in a way, one's greatest kind of uh, not com- competitor, but the place where people tend to try and get knowledge is, say, YouTube. Other video platforms exist. Does Vimeo still exist? I think Vimeo. Do other, do other video platforms still exist? I think they might do. I suppose TikTok's technically a video platform. <laughs> God forbid. Facebook Reels, that's definitely that's, a that, thing, that does it? that. Yeah. Well, I've still got a telebox and it works on VHF and I like it. Um, but anyway, is um, knowing that the knowledge you're getting is right because this this and current and current that yeah. that that is the big mm. thing i think about learning from youtube now is that youtube has now been around since 2006 mm-hmm. a I lot of the like videos on there that before we came in here. no I, no <laughs> oh, it's actually no it could be earlier because it might have been e- was ebay 2003 no i got the internet in 2010 uh, um so a lot of the videos on there are p- potentially now 12, 13, 14 years old. How much has changed in the last 14 years in terms of what you can use the, the products available is looking at a video from 2010 called The Best Way to Polish Your Vehicle, still going to be current. Mm. Because I guarantee you technology has moved on massively in the last 10 years. Well, also those people who've recorded stuff off the telebox in like the 90s and reposted it. There's a brilliant one I saw about a, a car dealership. It was an old Fiesta 95M plate. So that's kind of what it was dated. And it was actually how to polish and mop this in, in 30 minutes. The challenge was mm. to do it as quickly as possible, which is a slightly different angle. But then the other side is you've got this kind of opinion expressed as fact, which is always dangerous. Whereas in terms of putting the material together, I, and I know this because I was involved in some of it, um, is that if you've got multiple minds, each with their own experience and knowledge and background, and also experts on tap, I mean, we've, we've, our black book of phone numbers isn't, they're not just pretty blondes. Um, and so we're, in fact, oh, Len. <laughs> he's not pretty, <laughs> nor blonde. Um, yes, he is. No, he's not. Is he not? No, he's a brunette. Anyway, um, <laughs> um check downstairs as well. <laughs> Do the collars match the cuffs? <laughs> Uh, so, point being is, uh, you know, it, 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 you kind of, what do you call it? What's the Borg? It was a collective mind. What, from Star Trek? Trek. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's, it is that collective Very mind. Very careful is with it, that one. A, any single person's opinion is never going to be as strong as, you know, the informed opinion of dozens of people. It's called mm. hive mind. Hive mind, that's the one. Yeah. So, so, again, having that kind of ratified and checked information rather than just, you know, this is Terry, he's been polishing cars since 1985, and uh, he reckons you should do it with WD-40. Um, Terry's crying now. <laughs> yeah, Terry's pretty upset. But I mean, no, you've, I mean, you, you, you've hit something there. Um, we spend a lot of time updating training material. Mm. We spend a lot of time speaking to visiting people, going around, quite frankly, the world, finding out about new technologies, speaking to, you know, abrasives manufacturers and pad manufacturers and people that manufacture chemicals and industrial chemists that formulate ceramic coatings, bits and pieces like that. And all that stuff goes into our trainings. And the irony is that we've had quite a few manufacturers in in my time at least, have come over and basically seeked advice from us because they, you know, they're good at making chemicals or pads or machines, whatever it is, but they don't necessarily know how to use them. How to use them. Um, and that's why you do some OEM work with manufacturers to come up with, you know, accreditations and courses and training that. And, and, and it's when they send us the kit and it's the same from a magazine point of view, they send us the kit and quite often they're asking us, so you reckon it's any good? And some of them are just like, 
doing it because they want the exposure and all the rest of it. Some of them are generally like, yeah, but is it good enough? Um, but it's like, it's like what we had with, because uh, Florian was on last week's podcast and how, how he... Um, he was speaking about how he sends out to lots of people that he knows are going to give him honest, yeah. critical feedback. Mm. And that's what a lot of places are looking for and what well, also, also useful feedback. That's the other thing is people say, oh, a bit crap. Well, that's... Yeah. I mean, oh, there's, there's, there's nothing worse than somebody saying, oh, what do you think of RAPC? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um Okay, so what in particular do you, did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Did you, How did you use it? What dilutions did you use? Did you spray it through a snow foam cannon? Did you spray it through a pump sprayer? Did you mm. use it neat? Did you dilute it? Did you blah, blah, the taste? blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Did it make your eyeballs go fizzy when you put some in them? Um, all of these different things. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to get on that particular soapbox, but there is really a lot of... As you say, people that they'll phone us up and say, Oh, can I send you some stuff to test? Mm-hmm. My caveat is always, Yes, you're welcome to. But firstly, I don't know when I'm going to get round to it because, to be fair, we're busy. Mm. Like, really busy. Um, and the flip side is, I'm going to give you honest feedback and you might not like all of it very much mm. I, I when somebody says it's okay well when i say it's okay if somebody asks me what's this product i say it's okay i'm just trying to be polite if, if there's something i really like i will rave about it but mm. sometimes i I'm, I'm terrible for criticism simply because there are a lot of manufacturers out there who either assume and we've had it where we're given negative feedback on stuff directly to them privately not oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Any trouble. Mm-hmm. and they go oh you're using it wrong or you don't know what you're doing or stuff like that they question you at that point because they're being defensive about but you it. see i quite like that because i would very much be okay great show me what am i doing wrong how can i get the best out of your product i like it when people send me things to try that frankly okay i've got the warnings i've got the hazards i know what i've got but I quite like it when they don't give me any usage instructions so I can mm. kind of make it up as I go along because that way I can almost use it wrongly to see what happens. Yeah. We're, again, because, because we source vehicles to train people on so that there is absolutely no risk should get something go wrong. Quite frankly, quite often we'll encourage them to get something wrong so they can learn from their mistakes at that point when it doesn't matter. Um, you know, if I spray something on it, melts the tires. Mm. <laughs> Great! I just melted the tire. Look at this. Um, <laughs> Quick, put some new grooves back in it. But, well, but, but Mrs. Miggins doesn't need her Ford Fiesta back at the end of the day. Mm. It's the benefit of being able to, quite frankly, dick about with stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. But equally, then, I want to give them honest feedback. I want to tell them what I thought of it, how I liked to use it, and maybe what it didn't do very well and why I don't think it did it very well, Mm. so that they can come back to me. And it should be a two-way thing. A hundred percent it should be a two-way thing. They need to come back to me and say, well, did you try using it like this? Yes, I did try using it like that. And quite frankly, I found it relatively ineffectual. For example, Mm. at your recommended dilution ratio, whatever it might be, talk to us. Let's help you. Rather than just seeking gratification of, oh, yeah, it's lovely and it's (laughs) pink and I really like the smell. 
<laughs> well, we did have one actually respect, won't name them, but who we tested a new revised product of theirs and we uh, highlighted some issues, sort of splotches and stuff it was creating. And they sent over uh, two people from a foreign country within about three days who mm. came and spent the day here recreating it. And thank God when we recreated it again, uh, the same thing happened. And um, yeah, I just remember them being desperately on the phone, sending uh, photos across back to their head office um, and, and, and kind of redoing it and messing around directly as a result of that. But anyway, I, I feel we're straying slightly away from detailing, but it is also about time for a little break a uh, So we will be back very shortly. Auto Mechanica 2023, widely known as the most important trade show for the UK automotive industry, with over 500 leading exhibitors taking part. It's on at the NEC in Birmingham between the 6th and 8th of June and brand new for 2023. We have a dedicated detailing area as well as the Detailing Live Hub. Industry Educators UK Detailing Academy are hosting practical demonstrations, manufacturer showcases and answering all of your detailing related questions. So visit the Auto Mechanica Birmingham website today to book your free ticket. And we're back with uh, Rich. How are you doing, Rich? You survived the first half? It's okay. It's more the case that you, you kind of, with Rich, and then left a questioning pause. I well, was I, wondering what it was that I'd done wrong at this uh, point. I was bracing my eardrums. I, how, do you bra- how do you brace your eardrums? Is like that that concentrating look? Uh, for the benefit yeah. of the tape, the witness is showing us how to brace <laughs> his eardrums. <laughs> It's also his poo face. <laughs> yes, isn't it? And it- <laughs> Okay, well, before we go too far downhill, in the first half we talked lots about training and stuff like that. But we did, this- and it's been great. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. Okay. Uh, well, so that you send the lights off. <laughs> that's why. Um, the, however, there was something I wanted to talk about, which was uh, auto mechanic car. Because you are going to Birmingham, which I know you're very excited about. I'm always very excited to go to Birmingham. Thankfully... Thankfully, the NEC is on the outskirts of Birmingham, so I don't need to remove my own wheels before I go in. That's true. You can you can zit in and zit out. Um, and but this is it's fairly soon, isn't it? What sixth to eighth of June? Yes, twenty twenty three. Yes. And so, we we have some experience with automatic. We were in, <laughs> in, 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 in those rinted lips again, isn't it? It is You're running is the teeth in for an idiot. So those flaming eardrums. Um, so uh, we were in Frankfurt in was it September? It feels like yonks ago now. Yes. 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 It's been, it was raining because I remember when we walked up the side of the dual carriageway. It wasn't a dual carriageway. It, that's, it, was, that's, a, it was an autobahn. autobahn. Yeah. Yes, hence they were doing 150 miles an hour next to us. And we were loading this, lugging this very uh, roadcaster up and down there in, in the pouring rain and then got to a hotel that didn't know we existed. Which is weird. Story of our life, really. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Um, thank you for here with Rich, who's, who's kind of a big deal. So, Rich, tell us. <laughs> well, uh, re- really not. He's a deal. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of a deal, you know. People know me. Well, we're all, I know people. I have many leather-bound books. <laughs> you were talking about your rider for going to the NEC, <laughs> expecting to have, what, what is it, M&Ms of a certain colour or something you wanted? A brandy glass full of brown M&Ms. <laughs> I'm still waiting for this soapbox. Is that what you're standing <laughs> He's already I'm, on it. That's what I need to stand on to reach the microphone. You don't need to put your chair on the soapbox as well. <laughs> He's kissing six foot. Um, so Kissing um, a six foot one. <laughs> so in, in mechanic, kind of doing, actually you're doing more than me, so when we were in Germany. So can, can you actually complete the word once? Auto mechanica. We, well done Just so you. It's actually on the same page of there what we we're We have it on at. record, Bert has now been able to pronounce auto mechanica. 
I had a lot of speech therapy as a child. It's borderline insulting. This. It's, anyway. Um, oh, no, of course we, we do. crossed the border already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so we uh, did a couple of presentations and one or two people kind of watched us. And it was that clever translatory headphones, I remember, where we spoke in English and then it shouted it at German back at us while we were then trying to think of the next thing to You've say You've invented in the Babelfish. Have we? Douglas Adams. But then like halfway, right. halfway through, I dropped my headphones and they went on some weird channel. I can only hear myself being translated in, <laughs> yes. into German, so just, which was interesting and mildly erotic. But <laughs> yes. Much thought, more erotic than my own nasal voice. I, well, I thought it was all AI, but they had a little box behind the stage. It turned out they're like four or five people trapped in cubicles. <laughs> it was like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, was it like in, um, I forget which James Bond film it is, but where they're talking very quietly into the individual headphones of the people attending the meeting, and then they get all electric. Ed- yeah, I yes. can't speak yes. now. Electrocuted through me. the headphones. That, through it. Yes, yeah. mm. it's because they hadn't braced oh, their eardrums. Yeah, exactly that. That's oh, why do you bring that up now? We're going to be thinking about which one that is, and it was quite. I think it was an eighties one, or possibly late. No, I think no, it was, it was an earlier one than that. Was it, it was a Connery get- one? Was it Connery? Rather? I think it was Connery. You know, which <gasps> or was it? Lazenby? No, it wasn't Lazenby. No, Lazenby's eighties, wasn't he? No. I thought he was like How the early eighties. Very dare you? No, no he was sixties. Yeah. Connery came back. I think it was Connery coming back for Thunderball. I think it, so. Thunderball was repeat. Or, no, not Thunderball. No, the, the you, one the, that, uh, never say never again. Never say never again. I think it was never Jokes say in never the again. Title. <laughs> um, which was Connery coming back because we had already had a bit of more then, and then it went pretty quickly to Dalton. If we can just pause for Google. Oh, I'm on Pornhub. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was getting bored with this conversation. Fair enough. I've gone, anyway, I've gone somewhere else. welcome to the Pro Detail so, Magazine podcast. Auto, auto Machinica. Auto Mechanica mm. is 6th to 8th of June. It is still, yes. You're going to be there. Yes. Uh, on stage. Hope so. And it's not... Yes. And I'm guessing you're going to be... Um, what's the word? The, the presenting in English. So they have used the term curating. Curating. You're going to be the MC Hammer. I, I, I'm not. I, I have You're pictures ha- of myself there like a ham. I, I, yeah. I have not maturing. I have <laughs> picture or curing. I have pictures of myself needing to wear like a brown overall. Okay, um, like practical and classic carrying style. a broom. Yeah, well, like I have, have this live image and let in die. my living and let die. die. What, what about Ringmaster? I, th- I thought with a hat, Ringmaster and a waist, red waistcoat with a black overcoat thing. And So you've gone Ringmaster, I've gone Museum. Yes. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting yeah. contrast in that. Well, you'll be there um, making noise. I say noise. interesting, yeah. not very interesting at all, if I'm honest. But so, yeah. well, you'll, you'll be... So, I'm very good at making noise, so I'm told. You'll be there, but as Ian keeps turning my level down on the roadcaster. Yeah, understandably so. Um, but the uh, difference is, so they didn't let us actually talk to anyone apart from ourselves on stage. But they're actually encouraging uh, various folk from various manufacturers to come up, and so that you can aid them with their presentation. I know, and it hasn't put anybody off. Have you been honest with them? Yes. Okay. Wow. Twice. That they're brave. Mm, yes, that. So we Definitely. have to, in terms of the folk. I, I've I'm going to had... take my soapbox. <laughs> That's right. We just won't send them up on stage. Oh, okay. They just stand in front. Will it be like <laughs> Waxstock last year, where I had to stand on stage while Bert was not on stage, <laughs> and we were the same height? Yes. It's the first time we saw eye to eye. I wouldn't know. I was hung over under a desk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my wax stock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you beginner. Um, so but, Auto Mechanica. Yeah, I, I looked and, and we've got some interesting manufacturers. We've got Gliptone, um, which I'm, I imagine is going to be Graham. So Gliptone is, uh, Gliptone UK is also, 
I'm trying to remember, there's a new detailing brand that's associated with them, but they'll be there talking to you through, have you got any topics that you can be talking about? Or various, yes. Yeah. And published, I believe, in the preview, you will find details of these things. Okay. Mm. That's cool. Mm. Various different things from Gliptone's point of view, from a little bit of detailingness to leatheriness and mm-hmm. to maybe some polishingness, and maybe some other nusses, potentially. Nusses. Bit of nuss action. All the way through. Um, so that should be jolly good fun. They've got a slot on each day. Um, we have Lake Country. The Americans. Well, I don't know if you can call Dave Kendall American. He's from Milton Keynes. You definitely can't call him American, although a similar number of um, kind of grid layoutiness. It's very blocky, There's lots of nusses again. Um, yeah. yeah, so bless him. Dave. Bless Dave. Love Dave. Yeah, love Dave. Love you can Dave. call him American because he'd be too nice to object. This is very true. <laughs> but he did paint a very lovely picture of my dogs. He, did, he, he painted a very lovely picture of my dogs as well, out the back, hanging out the back of a brat. Mine was better. Why you have to go to your house when you're out to do it? I don't it's know. Because he likes me more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. I've got a Subaru full of chickens. I just he painted my dogs and cats and, and chickens in the back of a brat, an MV, um, a yeah. Subaru pickup. It was an I know what a brat is. Yes. <laughs> you lust after it every I'm night. Wondering why you want a painting of one? <laughs> it's in the bedroom. Um, so Lake Country are coming uh, as well. Lake to get you going. Yeah. Mm. And Lake yeah. Country, of course, will be talking about pads and polishes, and pro- they'll probably bring an Udos. I imagine so, yes. What do you think of the Udos? Udos. 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 Which is your favourite of the five modes of the Udos? I like the third one. The third one, P3. The third one, that's my my personal favourite. That's the coffee maker one. The coffee maker one, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) The secret mode. Yeah, that's why you've got to put a special backing plate on to grind its own beans. Ooh. Um, Flex can be there. Yes. So Correct. Flex. Well um, done. You'll be flexing. I was with starting them. to list people, and now you've interjected, but that's good. Yeah. Well done. What people are you going to list? Uh, flex next. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, so flex, obviously, machine polishers as well as pads and compounds, of course, and, and accessories. They mm. do make stuff. Well, like lights and vacuums and blowy machines. Well, we've been we've been we've been um, sent some stuff for the new products, in fact, for the next issue, which are really cool. So it's kind of the, under this envelope of automotive now. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. There's more to flex than the VRG. That's that's the takeaway. Uh, I We're getting imagine. a takeaway. <laughs> Don't get me hungry. Oh. Um, I hope there's more to flex than the VRG because they stopped making it about five years ago. <laughs> Incredibly unfortunate, wouldn't it? Um, no, so they've got uh, their full range. Um, uh, lots of lovely machine polishers, lots of battery technology. Mm-hmm. Um, battery system's quite funky. Um, Blowers and suckers. I, I, I think I, think I, think I did guests. that already, but you carry on. Yep. <laughs> You're doing your own jokes in your head now, aren't you? I know, you? I am. In the hysterical. Yeah. Um, and, Just uh, raise your hand when you want to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the usual thing. And, of course, PVDIDA. Indeed. Yes. PVDIDA. PVDIDA will be there. Um, well, PVD will be there with the great uh, Dave Reed. The, the, the legendary... Dave Reed. Mr. David Reed. Indeed. Um, it's far too tall. Um, He's average height. I, no, I'm average height for a Spartan. I checked. Average height for the Forest of Dean. Yes. <laughs> and my toes are webbed. Um, <laughs> but that's because I'm from Suffolk. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yes, uh, PVD, bless him. The, the, the As we call him, Captain Cuddles. Dave Reed will be there from a PVD perspective. The IDA are coming along as well to talk about the various benefits of the various trade associations in the, in the industry. Um, so that should be wonderful. Um, 
there is no... It always sounds like there's going to be this kind of territorial war between PVD and IDA, but the truth of the matter is that they both basically stand for the same things. It's just they do it in a slightly different way. No, one stands for professional values and details. The other one stands for international details association. I looked this up. Oh, you're, <laughs> They no, don't, they yeah. don't stand for remote. Oh, OK. All right. To be fair, I stand for very little. And even when I am standing for something, you quite often think I'm still sitting down. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm, unfortunately, we've got some terrible news, uh, and that is that both Ian and myself will be there as well at some point. Oh, God, point. are you? Waving our ding-dongs around. I'm not there that day. <laughs> Me neither. Um, <laughs> I'll just have to take Ian's ding-dong for him. Um, and, uh, it's been a while since you had Ian's ding-dong in your hands, to be fair, hasn't it? <laughs> Thankfully, it's detachable. Actually, it was Saturday. It's been at least a um, week. Yeah. Hang on, let's start again. So that's cool. Um, and as I say, if you are, I mean, in terms of background, Auto Mechanica, it's not just detailing, it's loads of aftermarket stuff. It is aftermarket automotive encapsulated, the whole kit and caboodle. It will be huge. And for the first time in the UK, um, they are bringing a detailing specific. Hub into things, so zone, and, and yes, yeah. and it was although really, they call it as a hub, they call it a hub, which hub. is why I called it the detailing hub. Okay, well, I've, I've, I'm going to call it a zone. See what happens. But uh, well, you're but, wrong. Crystal Maze will start up. <laughs> well, in, in Frankfurt, it was the first one they actually did, and it went really, really well, which is why they're kind of rolling it out and stuff like that. That's so. it. First time you. Can, I, I, honestly, it. Um, I think is going to be pretty exciting. Um, there's going to be a lot of. <laughs> buzz around things um a lot of a, a lot of the the people that are attending even if they're not specifically detailing manufacturers or detailing suppliers and companies there's a so much crossover mm. um i particularly know that, body shop well this is it i know particularly flex um god rest their souls um are bringing along uh wayne from Damage, the, uh, undone. damage undone. I wouldn't say mm. detailed undone, but that doesn't, that, that's not quite right. No, um, quite, uh, Wayne for quite a long time. He's a really nice guy, actually. He knows his stuff. He's uh, quite quite YouTube known. Yes, yes, he does lots of video things. Mm. Um, so that could be quite cool. At one um, point, he was, the, he was the largest importer of smart of um, paintless dent remover tools in the UK at one point. Through one of his other companies. Do I know him? Has he ever been on Radio no, 4? No, well, he, you might know him, but he won't talk to you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll add him to the list. No, when, when he sees no, you coming, face. he normally walks the other way. <laughs> I get that a lot. Mm. Of it's down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seems I've walked into the earth before. <laughs> cool. So anyway, that'll be fun. And we'll be doing lots of social media things when we're there, I'm sure. Um, I think we're getting close to the point where we need to do the 10 questions. Mm -hmm. You're getting close to the point where you need to frantically look up the 10 questions because you can't remember them despite doing them for four series of a podcast. Uh, no, I've got I've got them on my ding-dong here. Um, so I've got them ready to run. Yours or mine? Uh, mine, I okay. think. This is mine, isn't it? Yeah. We actually use the long form on mine. Well, it's got the flap over, hasn't it? So. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Richard March. Uh, That's what my mother calls me when I've been naughty. <laughs> Don't dead name me on a public podcast. Well, I'm slightly concerned because I know one of the questions, in fact, the most important question here is, I, I know what you're going to say and it's, it's going to be upsetting. Um, but uh, and it's clear that how many times you listen to our podcast because you haven't guessed which question it's going to be that upsets me. He only, he only listens to cr true crime. <laughs> Beverly edition. Uh, current car. What is your current car? Car? Car. Oh, I don't have a car. Oh, sorry. What's your current truck? Oh, no, you can't call it a truck either. 
What's your current SUV? Ab- aberration, I think, is what it should be called. Um, that is a a the yes, indeed, yes, bless it. It is my my UN security vehicle. Uh, no, Mitsubishi Shogun, and it's ex Gatwick Police, ex uh, Sussex Constabulary. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. He, he has right. vaguely cool. more interesting bikes, though. Yes, bike. he has a he has a vaguely interesting bike. He has three Apparently. bikes, doesn't he? There are three bikes. Yes, yeah, one of them is vaguely interesting. Oh, I see. Oh, the right. Okay. Of the the other two are a bit bit meh. <laughs> well, one of them's not really a bike at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it's, it's a unicycle. Actually, it's a unicycle a DIY. Yeah. Currently, it's a it's a motorized high speed ZX nine R unicycle, um, which sounds incredibly deathy. There are men in leathers having trouser tents. What are your other bikes, just to get them? Get them uh, the line? CBR 1100 Blackbird and Which an is a Honda. N- yes. Yep. Uh, as if you needed to clarify. <laughs> um, and a Honda NC 750X. Is that the girls' bike you got? It's like the shopping trolley. Yeah. 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 The tassels on the handlebars are a bit worse. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, but the basket is very practical. It's lovely. Actually. <laughs> yes, it has a frunk. It um, Speaking of cars, uh, what is your dream car? Money, no object. You could. You, you know. So this is where I let you into. I don't actually an, know this. He's so going to say is, scimitar. I know he's going to say scimitar. This is where I let you into probably the biggest secret that I've withheld for so long. I don't really like cars. Uh, okay, is that because they make you feel small? Or? No, just you know, I, mean, I, I like car. Right. Because obviously I like my car, because otherwise it would get upset and break down and not get me to <laughs> yes, throw for my flight in the morning. Um, I, yeah, you know, I just I, obscure things. I like the sweep of the curve from the front wheel arch to the running board on a Type 47 Bugatti. Okay, that is very specific. I said money, no object. I probably ought to have capped that if you're going to go Bugatti. And to be fair, it yeah, it would probably be... Um, Duncan's thought it might be actually the, yeah. the beast. No, oh no, 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 no. I was about to say the booster Turin would be hilarious with your you behind the wheel. Oh, I wouldn't be able to see over the. Well, to be fair, Duncan can't see over the steering wheel, so I'm not sure how I would. Um, I probably his GN, which is like an Edwardian airplane engined racing car that, that fun. tried to kill him once by making him headbutt the tarmac at Goodwood. Um, <laughs> Cheetah. Oh, but, oh, yeah, the cheetah's just silly. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one with the Merlin? No, 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 no. No, no it's got um, an enormous great um, American V8 in it, and it weighs about as much as my shoe. Oh, okay. That sounds dangerous. Mm, yeah. Kind of like mm. an AC-427 Cobra of some description. Well, think about the AC Daytona Coupe. Yeah. Make it more smaller. Yep. And embiggerate the engine. Oh. <laughs> I'm just invigorating. <laughs> yeah. The owner of these is, is a, a champion of the, the obscure. Yes. Oh, he's great, yeah. He's also got uh, two AC Invercars. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Nice. Mm. I will Google. Do. Um, what is the first car you ever detailed? Blimey. And we're, we, we're going to have to be specific because there's a difference between washing and detailing and all the rest of it, and obviously you've done both. But what's the first car that sticks in your mind from a when you had a, 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 a you know, you were getting wet and soapy with it. So you're going to have to be more specific than that. <laughs> Much more specific than that, because otherwise we go back to my Mini, which was the same age as me. Um, God, I thought the Mini was post-war. Yeah, <laughs> bastard. It was a black and white one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Um, I, I had a, a Volkswagen Polo bread van. Nice. Ish. D33 HYF. Haley Francis, God bless her. Yeah, I don't. So many for so many different reasons. Um, But the first one, just which is the grainiest of photos in your mind? The grainiest of photos in my mind. Dear me, I'm not sure if I can go back to my dad's Granada Scorpio. Um, You could. I don't want to, though. I mean, it's probably That's rusted why... away now, but you could go back. Oh, it, well, it's already it. rusted away. Yeah. It was one of the first in the UK in 1986. Um, well, it's not that long ago. That's a very long time ago. I was one. Exactly. Um, and it had three engines and four gearboxes in the six months that he had it. Wow, that must have been really quick. Mm. But anyway, okay, okay. So we're going to go for Granada? Maybe. Yeah. No, or, Hondas you know, can... in there? Oh, no, that was pre-Honda. That was pre-Honda. Pre-Honda. Okay. Honda, As opposed Dad, to a prelude. Yes. Dad at Honda was 1989. Yes, because we had um, prototype Honda NSX for a weekend. That mostly like a, sideways. Sounds like a good weekend. On the new bypass in Bishop Stortford. It was just parked. <laughs> yeah. They weren't were travelling it. Oh, no, no, it was just parked. Yeah, didn't go anywhere, no. Did Erson come with it? Uh, no, um, sadly. Uh, so, no, d- d- Dad was um, a, a person at Honda UK. <laughs> we thought you were bred by goats. Yeah, well, close. <laughs> um, uh, in, the, in the late 80s, 90s. Um, so, my brother mm-hmm. was able to take advantage of my dad's second company car. After Two he learnt, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, after he learnt massive tax bill. After yeah. he learnt to drive. Um, so at the age of seventeen, my brother was driving round in various brand new Hondas. Is this why you don't like him very much? I love my brother. How very dare! I thought you resented um, him. No, not at all. No. Um, you, you realise the micros can pick up your teeth grinding. I know. Yeah. Um, and that voodoo doll looks yeah. weird. And then when I passed my test, I had to go and buy myself a three hundred and fifty pound mini. But I'm not bitter. It's quite heavy. Yeah. Well, I suppose back in those days, it was, you know, it was always the first son, wasn't it? First son would be king, first son would inherit everything and all the rest of it, and you were just a spare, basically. First son's a soldier, second son's a priest. Well, there's that too. <laughs> can you imagine Rich in the church? I, think I can, but I think so I think the just stop that. I'd be the fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be um, an abbess. It's like, hmm, you've got a beard. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. Moving on. So there we are. Next, yes, next question. Uh, and now, the, oh God, this one's going to be a long one as well. How many bouquets do you like to fluff a, 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 a motor car with? Oh, many. 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 Mm. We, I'm going to have to push you for a number. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, if we go back to doing things on, on various showgrounds um, for a various number of reasons, then I was I was a, a fairly keen fan of the no-bucket method. Oh, waterless or rinseless. Oh, just a spray or Sp- whatever. Spurt wipe. Put in my hand. Um, <laughs> but, then, you know, at that point, we're really wiping dew off the car rather than anything else. Um, so I would probably... But literally wetting himself in the corner. Um, I'd probably have to have to say I like to use one bucket and many wash mitts. Stop laughing. Good. <laughs> anyway, let's start again. Why did he just read the Rotary or DA? 
Okay. Rotary or De Watt. But, 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 <laughs> this is why we don't have friends on the Bert's podcast. Bert's doing his own jokes in his head now. Uh, rotary or DA, it depends what I'm doing. Be more specific, man. This is a terrible in set the of bath, questions. In the bath, do you use a rotary or a DA? I don't have baths. No, I use a toaster. Like <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Celebrating the bath with my convector heater. Do you um, prefer to use a rotary machine polisher, a dual action machine so polisher, I, or a forced rotation uh, machine polisher? So, uh... I'm back now. Well oh. done. You're not, yeah. though, are you? Not really. No. <laughs> I'm very close. Um, so... He's edging. He is. Um, so, I far prefer... The feel in my hand of using a rotary. He's gone again. Of using a rotary. It is a pleasurable experience to use a rotary, not so vibrate However, I will generally reach for a DA when I'm doing something here that I need to knock out without so much... Innuendo. Yes, that'll do. (laughs) Uh, But if I'm polishing the inside of an aircraft windscreen, I will use a force drive. Clang. So the answer is all three. Fair enough. Yes. Rotary DA. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. And a third option that you didn't even well, no, Ian gave me to be fair. Cool. Is your failing there, Bert? Um, yeah, it your always is. failing. It is always. Well, I'm I'm going to have another one here. Robert Ewell. Do you prefer coating or wax? Oh, wax. Wax. There we go. Mostly my legs. God, I got through that close. Um, Ferrari or Porsche? No. You got to pick one. No. There's a gun to your head. No. There's a gun to my head. Okay. <laughs> I'm down with that. That's fine. Yeah, carry on. No, why? What? Uh, mm? If you're forced to have a Ferrari or a Porsche... Bugatti. It's just how it works. From the 30s. <sighs> Let, let's try a bit of uh, reverse. If you had to crush a Ferrari or a Porsche, which would it be? Oh, clever, clever. Shh. Mm. Sorry, yes, no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I d- you know, I... D- uh, which Porsche? Uh, that one downstairs. Well, my favourite oh, Porsche. Oh, no, I like that one. Okay, cool. So I, I like Porsche. That, I like that one, one singular Porsche. Yeah. Mm. I, I like the 959. I like, I like a lot of Porsches. So as a, slight, people. as a slight aside, yes. my wife likes to do this, uh, not 20 questions, Sounds not like a kind of side, truth, or it, but yeah, um, she, she likes to do this thing where she'll you know, give me this hypothetical question. Okay. And it frustrates the heck out of her that I will never give her a straight answer. <laughs> Now I'm wondering. No. Right. Don't wonder. It's difficult. Yeah, do you yeah. know what happened last time? The judge <laughs> said you weren't allowed to anymore. No, not within 20 paces. No. I mean, whose paces? So yours mm. or mine? There's a difference of 10 metres. Anyway. Um, I'm very tall for a short man. <laughs> here is another important question. Um, I think you might be more vocal on this, I suspect. It doesn't sound like me to be vocal at all. Mm. Subaru or Mitsubishi? Mm. It's tricky because mm. you've got a Mitsubishi. I own a Mitsubishi, but not that one. Well, no, I'm not. It's not specifically Evo Impreza because I'm not. A, I'm not a big Impreza fan. But you are, though, aren't you? No, I well, mean, if are, I had the option of the two, I'd, I might even get an Evo. But can we get that on tape? Please? Well, it is on tape. That's how this works. Okay. Cool. But if it was a Legacy Actual or a Forester, uh, no, Digi Tape. Uh, if it was a Legacy or a Forester, I'd choose that over even a, a Rally Art three five hundred Pajero, which is a very cool car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you still haven't really answered the question. It's just me talking about. <laughs> I know. Subarus, which you see what I'm doing here? Do. It's yeah. very good. I should be a lawyer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we've got another difficult one now. This is difficult because obviously, as uh, running a detailing academy that is not brand centric, it's it's brand independent and inclusive. Uh, that's a strange noise. Is that the chair? It's no, I think it, I think it was my back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Flex or Rupes? 
Oh, which machine? Overall, you can, for the rest of your detailing slash training career, you can only use Flex or you can only use Rupes. Which do you choose? There's a crusher and underneath there is... <laughs> Flex rotary. Flex rotary. Don't like Rupes rotary. Okay. Personally. And for DA? Yep. Right. And probably, probably, probably... Uh, Actually, to be fair, the best machine, full stop, and I'm quite happy to go on record saying this, mm -hmm. the best machine, full stop, is this, no, actually, is uh, the Flex PXE. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, you just pointed at my Cyclo. <laughs> yeah. That definitely is old. I, but... I don't, the, the, the Cyclo machine is fantastic mm -hmm. for cleaning the floor. Careful, Rupert's own Cyclo now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it is very still very good. It at is cleaning still very good. Yeah, if you've got an Airstream right. caravan, it's what it's designed for. Absolutely yeah, right. Okay. Uh, no, def definitively the Flex PXE because of its versatility, mm -hmm. because it's a powerful little sausage. Sausage, um, it, it takes a heck of a beating. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pick one up and do the entirety of a Volvo Estate with one, even if I bought you a ladder. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, I'm not. You know, it, 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 it's it's. But in terms of versatility, in terms of the technology, in terms of the fact that there's not really anything else on the market that competes or even comes close to. Oh, contentious. No, go on then. Well, I mean, technically, the hybrid, the hybrid nano, is is targeted at it. But they doesn't are competing on talk, though. But no, it doesn't compete on talk. No. So I again, um, 2016 when it was brand spanking new. We I saw got it the first. We were at the one of the team. first um, hybrid nanos, and it was very useful, and it fulfilled something that previously I'd only managed to do with an extension bar and a very small backing plate on a rotary machine. Mm -hmm. So it gave me more options, but flex seemed to take that and don't get me wrong i'm not not saying that the hybrid nano is a bad machine it's not mm. by any stretch of the imagination i'm just saying that the flex machine personally does the same thing in a slightly better way for me yeah no i, I, I i'm not disagreeing really not dis I, i've used the nano quite a lot uh, not the, nano, the pxe yeah i Have did you? i did our renault 5 with a bloody oh no i did that with an xfe yeah. about to say, that's why it took you so fucking um, okay, and, and final question, and I think I know the answer to this one, although you're going to want to modify it. So the question is Sunday drive or Sunday detail, and you so either go out for a drive on a Sunday or polish your car on a Sunday, and I'm guessing it ain't going to be polish your car, but then you're going to... No, me and the wife would jump on the motorbike and go to... So polish the wife, um, basically. Polish the wife. <laughs> um, no, no, we'd, we'd, you know, Jenny and I'd jump on the bike and we'd go off to a National Trust place somewhere to eat scones and drink tea. Yeah. So and Sunday... Look, so, look so, at stuff that's even older than me. <laughs> Trees. <laughs> Rock formations. <laughs> Rock, I'm about to say, geology is where you Cave need to go. Cave paintings. Human history doesn't work. Um, so Sunday ride. Well, I think we'll, we'll allow that modification. He likes to ride all You look at me as if you need, you need me to confirm it. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, it, Rich, it has been an absolute pleasure, it as has it always though, is. It? No, it has. It's been fun, but I, I'm just worried about the situation in my underwear, and it's the first time I have laughed so hard that I couldn't continue and had to get you read your own question. Yes. So that's... Finish yourself off, as it were. <laughs> you're, and you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, it is bye-bye for me. Yeah, goodbye for me. Yeah, I'm still here, but, you know, I'll just do my own thing for a bit. Mm -hmm.
Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do